Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. DA on CBS Sports Radio. DA, how you feeling, bro? Oh, we are feeling good. I'm doing great. One question, one question only. How you doing? Well, I feel good and I'm doing well. Oh, that's good to hear and good to have you with us on this Monday morning. Final hour for us today, bogus in for DA all week long. Pat Boyle's with us this morning as well, plus Kevin Wall and Ryan Botcher. It's a busy final hour that begins with our college football preview. It continues. It's Sound of Saturday. The DA Show counts down the days until the electricity of college football season returns with the game's greatest voices. Every morning on CBS Sports Radio. And on this morning, the Tennessee Volunteers are in our crosshairs after an 11-win season. They're most since so one preseason number 12 are these Vols and the longtime voice of the program as well as Tennessee's men's basketball program is Bob Kessling, and he is good enough to join us here on this Monday morning. Bob, it's Andrew Bogus. a pleasure to meet you. Thanks so much for the time this morning. We do appreciate it. Andrew, thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you. And since 99, Bob, you've had this job. You know that. But I didn't know that you were a a, a walk-on player at Tennessee, and then you basically never left. So you've been living and breathing Vols football for a really long time. Yeah, I was uh, on the freshman team in 72 as a fullback. Coach Philip Fulmer was a graduate assistant Hmm. on that freshman coaching staff, and he uh, kept encouraging me to broaden my horizons which was a subtle way to tell me I needed to do something other than play football. So I was able to do that. And uh, I, I became a, a, a spotter for John Ward while I was in college. So I sat next to him for 15 years and 
and uh, was a local TV uh, sportscaster, then was able to luckily get on with Jefferson Pilot, which is what is now the SEC Network, and I did that for 10 years and doing games there. And then when John uh, announced his retirement, I was fortunate enough that they named me as his replacement. So, yeah, I've been around here since 72, so I've seen a lot of Tennessee football in those times. You've seen a lot of good Tennessee football, and then you were here for – the more recent lean-ish years. So what has this Josh Heupel turnaround, what's the most been, been the most enjoyable part for you, I should say, over the last couple of years? You know, through the years, you kind of observe head coaches and um, these, these SEC jobs, and I'm just not saying at Tennessee, but these SEC jobs can get away from you because there's so much. you got to be the CEO, and it's, it's just a pressure-packed position. When Josh Heupel took this job over, it was not too big for him. You could tell that. He was prepared to be a head coach. Uh, his dad, of course, was a coach, so he grew up around it. And uh, he came in with only about 63 scholarships because of all the problems that Tennessee had had. And he didn't moan and groan about it and say, what's well, going to take us three or four years to get the roster restocked? He said, these are our guys. We're going to coach them up. We're going to be confident with them. And, and from the very start, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard John Scheifel say one negative thing about anything, uh, any of his players or anything about the program. It's always been positive. We're going to do the best we can. Go to a bowl game the first year. And then in the second year, even with this NCAA uh, probe hanging over its head, he gets Tennessee to number one in the country. So uh, it's been quite a remarkable job by Josh Scheifel. And I think uh, – he was ready for the challenge, and he's accepted the challenge, and the, the challenge here has not been too big for him. So his mind, his playbook are still there, but the quarterback's gone, two wide receivers are gone. How much, like last year's offense, will this year's unit look like? It'll look the same. I mean, he, uh, he gets guys that he thinks can fit his system. Joe Milton, uh, you know, one advantage I think Tennessee has this year is that they not only know who their quarterback is, they know who the backup is, too. Nico Iamaliava has come in as a freshman and one of the top freshman quarterbacks in the country, but there's never been a competition. Uh, I mean, I, I think that Nico would love to be able to play this year, but it's Joe Milton's job. Uh, he's a guy that started his career at Michigan, came to Tennessee, and uh, got beat out by Hendon Hooker, and uh, but didn't leave, didn't wasn't a problem. He didn't go around threatening to go into the transfer portal or any of that. He just stayed around and uh, got better as a quarterback. He's got a the, one of the strongest throwing arms I think anybody's ever seen in college football. He can gun at 70 or 80 yards. So uh, he's a guy who's waited his turn. He's he's matured. He and Hendon Hooker were roommates, so that tells you how close they were. And uh, so I think Joe has waited his turn. I think he's ready for it. And it's going to be really interesting to see. And I think most people believe that Tennessee will go as far as Joe Milton takes him this year. But – uh, they've got some receivers back in Ramel Keaton and Brew McCoy and Squirrel White, and they've added a transfer in from Oregon, uh, Deontay Thornton, which uh, he's a big, talented, fast wide receiver. So they think the wide receiver room is very well stocked, and they've got a guy that can throw it a mile. And uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see how far they stretch defenses. I, I would sure I'm sure there are a lot of defensive backs that. Uh, are not exactly very excited about seeing uh, all the the weapons that Joe Milton's going to have this year. So as far as Milton goes specifically, we had one analyst say he's the best quarterback in America. I saw him as the number one most important player or most crucial player in America this year. 
Um, do those things sound like hyperbole to you or without putting too much pressure on him, is he that significant to the Vols for here in 2023? Well, I think he's significant in the fact that, uh, uh, you know, he's a guy that they're all pointing to. This is Joe's team and everybody's looking for leadership for him. And uh, one thing that, that, that he has to do is take care of the football. Josh Heupel keeps stressing to guys that when you're the quarterback, the best thing you can do is have either do one or two things, have the ball when the play is over or have a touchdown. And that's kind of the way he approaches things. He does not stand for turnovers. And so Joe Milton's got to take care of the football and Joe Milton's got to make the accurate throws. And this offense, if you read your checkdowns, there's going to be somebody open and you just have to find them and get them the ball. And, and a touch on the ball has been a question for Joe Milton during his previous career, but he uh, he's he looked he's looked good. He looked good last year. He looked great in the bowl game, and he's looked good in in spring practice and in camp so far. So there's no reason to believe that he hasn't made those adjustments. And yes, I think he's a very very key element to this Tennessee team and its success this year. And he's an old man, right? Is this year six yeah. in college for him? Yeah. Six years. Yeah, he uh, uh, he he went to Michigan for three years. He uh, came to Tennessee and uh, was the in fact, he came in fall camp, I guess, and uh, Hendon Hooker was already here. He just came in from Virginia Tech, and they brought Joe Milton in on top of him, and he beat out Hendon Hooker in fall camp, and then he got banged up a little bit uh, during the first couple games, and Hendon Hooker came in and just, just won the job. So, again, it's been a great story, for the fact that he has been in college football for a long, long time, but he, he has been a team leader. Uh, I think the the players saw the fact he could have been a malcontent mm. when he wasn't playing, but he wasn't, and he was a great teammate. And he he pushed, he was trying to get back on the field, so he was pushing Hendon Hooker in practice. So it was a really unbelievable relationship the two guys have, and they still talk all the time. So uh, when Hendon got hurt, uh, you know, hurt his knee in the South Carolina game and couldn't play in the bowl game. He was still there in Miami and was with Joe every single day watching film and going over the game plan and checks and all those type things. So their relationship has been pretty remarkable. Bob, if Joe Milton's number one in terms of importance for Tennessee, what's number two on the list of things that have to go their way to repeat the success of last year? The defense has got to get better on uh, creating turnovers and getting teams off the field. They've got to get the ball back for the offense. They've addressed some of those issues. They've gone out and, and uh, gotten some transfers in the defensive line and at linebacker. They've got, a, they've got a lot of secondary players that have played a lot of football, but they're still trying to get some stability back there. Jalen McCullough is, is a rock solid, and they've got a couple of other guys that have played in the secondary, but they've got to force more turnovers. I, I don't think there's any question about that, and that's, that's something they've stressed. And uh, They want to get the ball back for their offense because they think they can – you know, put points up against everybody. But the defense has got to get off the field. The You know, the head shaker last year, Tennessee was basically in a position to make the college football playoffs, and then they go to South Carolina and give up 63 points, and nobody saw that coming. So they can't afford one of those games again this year. The defense has to be much more consistent, and I, I think that's something they've really concentrated on. I was going to ask you about South Carolina, because you look at the schedule for the Vols this year. they got to go to the Swamp. They got to go to Alabama. Georgia comes to you, but that South Carolina game late September. How badly does the fan base want that one for pseudo revenge from last year? 
Oh, it's circled. Don't question. No question about that. It's that left some the really deep wounds last year. Nobody saw that coming. I don't. The Tennessee team. Josh Scheifele didn't see that coming. South Carolina just Spencer Rattler. Those guys. They just played great. They made every single throw. But yeah, that's an important game. But you know, here at Tennessee, it's it still comes back to each season to the the big three: Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. And the Georgia game this year uh, is at the end of the season. It's in November. And so that's a change. It's usually earlier in the season, either late September or early October. And uh, can you imagine if both of those teams are undefeated going hmm. into that game? Holy smokes. That, that would be unbelievable. But there's a lot of football to be played between now and then. But, uh, uh, you know, Tennessee, I think, has, I think Tennessee goes into the season with confidence that they're going to be uh, – they have a chance to win every single game on the schedule. Now, whether they do that or not – that's how they execute, and that's probably how Joe Milton plays. But they really believe that they have a chance to win every single game this year. Do we know why that Georgia game is late? Any particular reason or just a, a scheduling quirk? I don't know. Uh, you know, they won't tell you why why they change things around, whether it was for TV or whether just the way the, the things played out and uh, the non-conference schedules and all those type things. I don't know, but I think it's very intriguing. You know, usually – in November, Tennessee's playing Ole Miss, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. Uh, that's been usually the schedule for years, uh, and now suddenly you, you throw a Georgia in the mix in November, which is going to be high drama, I think, yeah. if both teams have as good a season as both teams are predicted to have. Bob, last question, a nerdy broadcasting question. Which SEC stadium has the best broadcast location slash view? Uh, you, well, our position at Neyland Stadium is hard to beat. We're on the 50-yard line, and so that's not bad. LSU's got a good uh, location. Um, you know, a lot of places are moving you to the end zone yeah. and those type things and flipping you to the other side. I will say this. Auburn has the absolute worst in <laughs> in, in, in captivity. The, you are behind the goalpost <laughs> in the south end zone. And, of course, you know, so you've you got to look and see if you got to, you know, somewhere see where the ball is. And, of course, then they, the Jumbotron is above you, so you can't even use that to, to spot the ball. So Auburn's the worst, and LSU's good. I mean, most of them are pretty good, but Auburn is absolutely the worst. I um, For my, my friends that work NFL games, I can't believe when they share pictures working out of the corner of a stadium. I don't know how you do radio from that vantage point. It's almost, it's almost impossible. Well, it's, it's, it's really unfair because yeah. – you have no depth perception, and you can't. And if, if the ball is at the other end zone, I mean, we're usually where the worst seats in in the stadium, upper deck end zone. Yep. Well, that's where they're putting broadcasters now, and and so it's really hard to to do it. But you know what? You manage it, and the people that are listening to the games, they don't care. No, nope. they don't care if it's hot. They don't care if you can't see or if you had a bad lunch or if you had parking <laughs> problems getting to the stadium. They they just want to know what how their team's doing and what the score is, and uh, that's all they care about. So you, you you suck it up, and you do the best you can with the situation you got. Well, I'm certainly glad the Vols, are, their fans are enjoying things right now. It's better when you guys are good. So, Bob, uh, safe travels. Good luck this season, and thanks so much for joining us today. We really do appreciate it. Hey, thanks. And tell DA I said hello. Uh, of course I will. That's Bob Kessling, longtime voice of the Tennessee Vols football and men's basketball was the voice of the women's basketball team when Pat Summit won her first four or five or six NCAA titles. Bob, uh, as I said, has is a Tennessee lifer, does a tremendous job. What a voice. 
Uh, what a season last year and setting up for another one here this year. Like he said, uh, out goes Hooker, out goes Tillman, out goes Hyatt. Some wide receivers step up. Joe Milton takes over. And it's a hard act to follow. They were the number one offense in all the important categories a year ago, pre-Hendon Hooker's torn ACL. Um, that's the way Josh Heupel wants to do it. Can they get back to number one across the board? That I don't know. But this is going to be another dynamic unit. And as Bob said, if they can play defense, it's a little bit better than last year. That'll make them that much better this year. And that's always the problem. High-scoring offenses mask the defense. They make the job harder, but also t- but also sometimes easier. But you can hide things. Like Tennessee last year, time of possession was only like 25 minutes of where they had the ball. So A, that's putting the defense out there a lot. B, you score all those points when you're out there. So the defense is going back on the field. Now they're they're tired. They're facing a de- an offense that is throwing it, whipping it, going fast, trying to catch up. It's a lot to ask of a defense. You don't need an all-world D when you have an offense like this, but you need one that's above average. And last year at times, and Bob mentioned particular categories like sacking the quarterback and taking the ball away, they just weren't good enough. If those things change this year and the offense is, I don't know, 90% of last year, that Vols Georgia game on November 18th is going to be a huge game across the country. We thank again Bob Kesslin, the voice of Tennessee, for joining us. And again this week, Penn State, Florida State, USC, and Oregon all on the docket for Sounds of Saturday. Right now, a timeout. We'll come back. Stunned to a news finally after this on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks again to the voice of Tennessee football, Bob Kessling, for joining us for Sounds of Saturday here on this Monday morning. A little more than... Two weeks of shows left to get you set for the college football season. Although there'll be games before we are done with all our previews. Um, And as was pointed out, our French was lacking last hour. Um, I believe we settled Boyle and I on coup d'etat, which meant that that basically there had been an uh, insurrection and we had overthrown a leader. A coup de grace is what we were looking for with putting the, you know, the the icing on the cake, the cherry on top of Sounds of Saturday with next week's guests. So we uh, we were almost there. And I knew that because that was like one of the vocab words that I learned in high school that was, is for whatever reason, burned in my memory. Yeah. And it was the D apostrophe E-T-A-T, coup d'etat. Yeah. I mean, you said it correctly. That. So that's a, that was the first plus. Okay, I didn't say coup d'etat. Exactly, because others would have. So you at least got that going for you. You know what I didn't get right? Because we'll get to stun to a news here shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to do uh, a woman slipping on a piece of prosciutto until I realized that Carlos and Greg and Peter Schwartz did that on Friday. Yes. So right. we'll, have, we'll have a different uh, stun coming up shortly. But you know what I also I realized I didn't get right? Intern Anna, I was calling her Emma the entire summer. Oh, and see, I, I think I called her Hannah at first. <laughs> you guys are... What? Didn't like ask. She well, didn't hold, you? well, hold on there, botch. Okay, so you're botcher. I was told at first her probably, and her name was Anna. And then somewhere along the line, I might have called her Emma. I was never corrected. She never corrected me. So apparently, she was working on the show on Friday. That was her final show. Yeah. And they asked her about her experience, and I the DA show quotes page, DA on CBS quotes, I believe it is. Yeah. Had her saying, you know, Pat's a nice guy, but for the for. 
literally the last several weeks he's been calling me Emma. <laughs> and interns need to have name tags. Intern let's Anna. Just, let's just be real. How do you not speak up? I mean, am I that intimidating? I'm calling you the wrong name for the Ooh. entire summer. You don't say, hey, by the way, my name's Anna. I don't know. If I'm an intern and I'm in a room, when I was an intern in Boston radio, I don't know that I would have corrected guys right away if they were calling me something other than Andrew. I mean, I was Calvin for my intern. <laughs> my name was literally Calvin with a C. Yeah. When did you say, hey, my name's Andrew? Uh, I don't know, man. Like I inter- That's your name, dude. I, I interned with, like, the Mike and Mad Dog of Boston Radio, the mo- morning show on WEI, and I probably would have let them call me whatever they needed to. I don't know if I would have corrected them. Really? Yeah. And I was going into my senior year of college, so I was like, and Hannah, Anna, Emma, I think she's <laughs> on the younger side, too, so, like, <laughs> that would have precluded me from, from saying something, so I kind of get that. Now, I, I don't... I hope I never actually said Hannah clearly to her, but I think I thought her name was Hannah for a while, and then it's Anna. Brooke, I always had a handle on, except when I walked in one morning and former intern Amanda said, hey, Andrew, have you met the intern Brooke? And I was like, what time warp am I in? She's literally, last time I saw Brooke, I had said to her, you must almost be done with this, right? It's almost time to go back to school. The next morning... Amanda's introing me to her like she's brand new. And I'm like, Amanda, she's been here the entire summer. What did I, is everything okay? So I, interns here apparently just stand in the back and we pay no attention to them. Or just stay on their phone. That. <laughs> now, did, I have picked up on that. <laughs> that, that. That remains my, well, you missed this. The Sean's final show. Yeah. So four hours of jokes, tears, speeches, special guests. His parents were here. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing four hours. My favorite part is intern Anna sitting in that chair behind you. Never once in four hours of, again, emotions, whatever, looked at her phone the entire time. Nothing made her laugh. Nothing made her smile. Nothing grabbed her attention it was like none of it was happening it was remarkable i can't wait to get back to college i can't believe i have to be up at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> i'm i'm getting a couple bucks here i'm just gonna zone out did i get a mention wait in a minute a couple bucks they got paid that's what i heard i think they have to now i think that was the thing i think that's a we the company not you know earmuffs i think cbs as a whole was one of the places that got sued for like mistreating or overusing interns, which is why we didn't have this might predate you. We didn't have interns for a while because then the company had an actual legal battle. And now the whole thing has changed. I think they get something. So that was I thought it was COVID. It might just be like a travel stipend, but they do get something. It's not just like indentured servitude anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, as they should. They should be paid. Interns should be paid. I was just in shock because any internship I had, well, that's not true. I was paid. I wasn't. I had to deliver did, pizzas at night just to get to just to get to the city. Yeah. Wow. When I did an internship with the Somerset Patriots, they were an independent team. Now they're the Yankees AA affiliate. That was technically an internship, and I was paid for that. So I guess I... Yeah, I, I, I did not get too shocked. I did not get paid in Boston. I just had to write a month. Like I was there for six weeks. I had to write once a week, like a journal entry that a communications professor looked at what I had done, checked it off, and I got full class credit for that. So your parents basically had to pay for your entire six weeks stay there? No, um, we stayed 
I was actually, I was already dating my wife at that point. We stayed in an off-campus apartment, like us and six friends. The the actual tenants went home for the summer. We took them took the lease over, and I was still getting paid to work for the Fordham radio station. And I had a regular job in Boston for a focus group company, cold calling people, asking them to come in and sit in the focus groups. That sucked. But that's how I got money that summer to pay for me getting back and forth on buses and trains and cabs, early morning WEI shifts. So did, did Anna say anything nice about me on Friday? I don't it's know. Not, was it, Boss, it you was were working pre- on the show, weren't it you? It was a pretty bland interview, Okay, to say the least. Okay. She's going, she's going to Spain. Okay. To do radio there, sure. communications there. So okay. that's interesting. Other than that, it was very, uh, uh, right. And, and that's, I'm, and that's coming from Botch. Right. He's uh, a very quiet guy himself. Right. Yeah. yeah I, Not that you're bland. You're just you're quiet. It, it was quite, it was a quiet interview. I had, I had her mic on like the maximum possible sounding and it was still very quiet. <laughs> yeah. Hence how we get to Anna, Hannah, and Emma. Right? Yeah. And not once, not once in the, you know, going, me going out of, not, not, that, not to sound like entitled here that she should be saying hi to me, but like, you know, I'm like, oh, when she walks in, want to hey, make sure Emma. she feels welcomed. <laughs> hey, Emma, how you doing? And I just go, hi. Not once, hey, it's Anna. Yeah. Just tell me your name. No, I definitely made the choice to not say her name because I wasn't sure if it was Anna or Hannah. So I'd just say good morning or how are you or whatever. Or just a wave. <laughs> I just left the name alone, so I didn't. And I feel like I'm pretty decent with names. Imagine, like, I don't know. I don't think DA knew any of their names. I don't think he was here for I was <laughs> He was here three times, maybe. I'm pretty sure that one of them said it would have been nice to meet DA. Did Brooke, maybe Brooke did Brooke an accident interview a great too? quote. She was like, he was the most unpredictable because she never knew when yeah. he was going to be here. Yeah, so she got it. I mean, he wasn't. He was here for like four shows. Neither one of us has done anything like normal for the last five or six weeks. And don't forget, once we hire a new Sean, then Pete disappears for like four months of paternity. I mean, this place is ridiculous. There's no place like it. There, <laughs> Not really, even a little bit. There, like, when I tell people, like, dude, <laughs> sometimes it's like Disneyland. There's too many characters that work yeah. in this place. And, I mean, I've only worked in radio, and I was at Sirius for a long time before here, and it's close to this, but it's not this. There's There was oversight at Sirius. There, <laughs> there isn't always oversight here. Like, this morning, we walked in at 5-whatever, and the previous show was like, yeah, we've been on and off the air for the last hour, so good luck. The rest of the place, silent. You'd think there'd be lights going off, things buzzing, phone calls being made. Yeah, okay. Sometimes it, it feels like it's March 2020 when you walk into the newsroom at 5 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. There's also that, too. Um, were we going to do sports here? Oh, I haven't told you yet because I'm a good host. Uh, we do have a poll question today. It has been up at CBS Sports Radio. There still is some time to answer it before our epic fail and advanced analytics to close out the hour. Uh, Coming off our earlier suntan conversation, we're asking you what's the best summer look? Spray tan, walls uncooked chicken skin, or sunburn red like a lobster? Those are your choices at CBS Sports Radio. You're welcome in advance. Why don't we do headlines and stunts here, Boyle? You yeah, ready? sure, I'm ready. Fire away, man. All right, last night, Nationals beat the Phillies 4-3 in the rubber game at the Little League World Classic in Williamsport. I still really haven't touched on some of the biggest baseball news, though, from the weekend. Maybe the biggest was our friends from Seattle, the Mariners, 
going to Houston and sweeping the Astros for the first time since 2018, capping it with a thrilling 7-6 win yesterday. Not only is it a six-game win streak for the M's, they jumped over the Blue Jays for the third and final AL wildcard spot. And how about the weekend or the week Julio Rodriguez had for himself? One of the greatest weeks ever seen in the sport. He only had one hit in yesterday's win, but the four games before that, J-Rod broke a major league record with 17 hits in a four-game span. 17. You know when that record was set? 1925. You want to know the incredible name of who held the record? Oh, I hope it's like Bam Bam Johnson. It wasn't Smedley Hoover. It wasn't Pebbles Dunkerson. It was was, Buttercup Dickinson? It it wasn't Buttercup Dickinson. It was the real-life name of Milt Stock. Okay. Milt Stock of the Brooklyn Robins. Um, (laughs) Julio raises average this late in the season. We're 125 games in. And in a four-game span, he raises his average from 256 to 278. He's been ridiculous since the All-Star break. Yep, here he was after the game yesterday. What's uh, Hey, what's been working for you, pal? Just kind of simplifying everything, I feel like. Uh, just kind of allowing myself to get myself into a good position to hit. And I feel that's why it's been working for me, getting into a good position and early to hit. But I never even I never hit in college. I only pitched. But I just remember in high school when you're in a hot streak, man. It literally the ball does look like a beach ball. If like you it looks say like so. everything you <laughs> I'm swing. I'm still waiting for my first hot stretch. <laughs> it looks everything you swing at it. You're thinking you're gonna rip one in the gaps or right up the middle. And when you have 17 hits in a four game span, I can't even imagine the kind of confidence he was going up there with. I was such a bad hitter that I remember a foul ball that I hit because it was so well hit down the left field line (laughs) that I actually thought it had a chance of being a home run. That's how (laughs) crappy of a hitter I was that on my top five hits in my lifetime, one of them is a long, dangerously close to the foul pole foul ball. So I got nothing on Julio having 17 hits in four days in the big leagues. Kevin Wall might be the most informed hitter uh, in this entire room right now. Is that true? He had an inside-the-park home run in the celebrity uh, softball game for our affiliates down the hall. You know, I've meant to ask you this, Wall. I think I've seen you since then. The story I heard was that you kind of invited yourself to that game. I I did not invite myself. Okay. I was doing the overnight that night, and I was producing for uh, Keith McPherson on the other side. And we were talking about it, and he was like, do you plan on showing up? And I'm like, you know, I'm actually off in the evening, so I was invited by Keith. Okay. And then I was just hanging out, and they're like, do you want to play? So that was it. Uh, Hey, opportune time. You got picked up right at the deadline, and you you roped one down the right field line. Exactly. So I didn't invite myself. Okay. I. I, (laughs) There was a lot of chatter about how did Kevin Wall get in that game. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I, I know. So, I, I mean, the story, hey, you, you don't listen to the haters, man. You, you showed up and you proved, hey, I should I be put here. My That's all that matters. On and right, I hit one. Because guess what? I didn't play. I wanted to play in the game. I told them I would play. I didn't play. You went and you played. It's like, a, it's like the Schwartz method. Schwartz <laughs> gets things because he asks for stuff. Now, Ooh, at times, yeah. it's shameless and <laughs> embarrassing, but it pays off in the end. Like, I guarantee you. I'd bet money that the Red Bulls jersey that D.A. wore on the show last week. He asked for it? That Schwartz got one, too, because he has asked for so many Red Bulls things. 
that he's just on their list. Like, I mean, the Joe Klecko thing was ridiculous. Yes. But, <laughs> but hey, someone's got to be the Vince Papali. You got to show yourself, and guess what? That's what I did. And Ke- and Wall's got a great – I mean, he's got not even an excuse. He's got a valid – he was asked. He was right. asked by one of the hosts, yeah. full-time hosts, who was playing in the game, said, hey, you coming? Do you want to come? And you went, and you got in the game. And then you delivered. And you delivered an inside-the-park home run. I didn't embarrass myself. Did you trash talk teenagers like Boyle did in the flag football game earlier this year? No, I did not. Okay. All right. There were no teenagers to really troll. Okay. You behaved yourself in general. I behaved myself. Yeah, you, could have, you could have trash talked and not felt bad about it all because they weren't 17. Right. <laughs> Boyle was so bad in the flag football game that even Boomer was embarrassed by it. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, look, when a former MVP in the NFL, when you show up and you play for him and he goes, and he goes, hey, Boyle, you better not, you better show up today, man. Like, I'm sorry, that, that switch is getting turned on, and it's not getting turned off. If only I was around <laughs> during that time when you guys played. I would have been like, ah. Eh. I used to play quarterback, too. I have, I have an arm. <laughs> I got this, Boomer. Don't worry. This. Sit down, Boomer. <laughs> yeah, play tight ends. But, yeah, I did say, I did, after I scored the first touchdown, I yelled, I'm him, in front of the kid's face who was defending me. And I spiked it. Pat's gonna be the Pat's gonna be the coach when he has kids. Uh, remember Will Ferrell kicking and screaming <laughs> when he's all jacked up on coffee. Yep. He takes the cone and he's screaming at the kids, <laughs> "Loser, loser!" <laughs> and you're so proud when you get home that day and your wife's just looking at you, like I can't believe I married I can't this believe lunatic. I married someone who's screaming inside a cone, yelling at ten year olds that they're losers. Well, there you go, Kev. That's all part of the process of the seed spreading. I don't want to know who my kids are. Just tell me who they are when they're eighteen and they're signing a professional contract. But you'll coach strangers' teams. You can yell at those kids if I'm getting paid for it. Right. I'll. I'll I don't want to coach for free. That's too much time. I don't have patience. It's. I'm parents. I don't suck. have. I don't have patience for the kids that. <laughs> that are sitting in left field, staring at the, the freaking clouds, picking sunflowers off the ground, and a fly ball gets smoked right past them. I don't have time for that. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's in your future. And hopefully one of those kids picks their nose well enough to stay in your will and takes care of you when you have dementia. My dad was a pretty solid coach. They basically kicked him out of the league because he would smoke cigarettes behind the dugout. <laughs> but we were good. We got to the championship game and, and got to the semifinals in the two years he coached me and, you know, wrecked Little League. And I remember the one kid asked him, this little five-foot, well, we were nine, so I guess at the time he was like three-foot-nothing little unathletic kid. And he goes, he goes, Coach Boyle, can I play first base? And my dad just goes, not in my lifetime. <laughs> Pat Stan and Jody Mack, legendary coaches in the 90s. <laughs> just chain smoking between games. Coach Boyle. My dad's actually, speaking of which, eight years, no smoking cigarettes. Good for him, Turned man. Turned his life around. That's doesn't awesome. Drink. He used to drink, uh, doesn't drink anymore either. That's awesome. Big time props for him. Uh, anyway, back to sports. Um, the Mariners also now just three games back of the Rangers in the AL West. Those Rangers who lost to the Brewers yesterday, 6-2. Max Scherzer passed Phil Negro for 11th all-time on the career strikeouts list, but then couldn't find a way out of the fourth Mm -hmm. inning. Three hits, three runs, four walks. With the win, the Brew Crew maintain a three-game lead over the Cubbies in the NL Central. Speaking of which, go Cubs, go. Carlos with a K had the audacity to trash Kyle Hendricks last week. All he did was turn around and deliver six and a third innings, a one-run ball. Cubbies held off a late Royals comeback to win 4-3. Finally, zipping through the uh, the other notable scores, Orioles blasted the A's 12-1 to finish a sweep. Cardinals avoided the sweep by beating the Mets 7-2. Blue Jays smoked the Reds 10-3. Brandon Belt, two homers in that one. Red Sox swept the Yanks and dropped them to their eighth straight loss for the first time in 28 years 
And in Minnesota, Dallas Keuchel, who basically was brought out of the woodwork by the Twins three weeks ago, his third major league start this year took a perfect game into the seventh inning. Twins blank the Pirates two zip. Isn't that incredible? Uh, yeah, because he had tried one, at least once before to he get only, back in. I think in. he pitched for the Reds two games last year, and the year before that was the with Diamondbacks? some other teams. I think it was Arizona two years ago. And neither one went well. It was terrible. Yep. He was pitching well in the minors. The Twins finally brought him up, and he got the first, what, 19 guys out yesterday. Now, what, is that, what does that say? Does that say The Pirates that, suck. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, does that say <laughs> that, like, even with a shred of the talent he used to have, Dallas Keuchel and, like, professional athletes in Major League Baseball are still that good? Or are some teams that bad? It's like 60-40 Pirates suck. Yeah. They're Pirates- still Still good Dallas Keuchel. The Pirates were like in first place the first two weeks of May. Yeah. Now they're, they've been as bad as Oakland and Kansas City the yep. last two months. Yep. Can't win a thing. Uh, NFL news over the weekend. Sam Howell named QB1 for the Commanders. He will play tonight when preseason week two concludes. The Ravens have a 24-game preseason winning streak on the line, which continues to mystify me and hopefully everybody else. Uh, Ravens, by the way, signed Jadavian Clowney to a one-year deal over the weekend. Two and a half million could be worth up to six mil. Pass rusher and former number one overall pick spent the last two years with the Browns. Nine sacks in 2021, just two sacks last year. Uh, we know Aaron Rodgers will make his unofficial Jets debut later this week on Saturday when they play the Giants. And again, I feel like it's important to mention it each hour. Uh, Patriots rookie cornerback Isaiah Bolden out of the hospital. After that scary hit on Saturday night in Green Bay that saw him immobilized, stretchered off the field, the remaining 10 and a half minutes of that Pats and Packers preseason game was postponed. But Bolden is okay. The Patriots have since canceled both of their joint practices with the Titans uh, this week. And again, we mentioned Anthony Edwards, uh, 34 points for Team USA. They beat Germany in the final tune-up before the FIBA World Cup in the Philippines. That kicks off for USA on Saturday. They'll play New Zealand. BMW Championship, Victor Hovland, a final round record 61 at Olympia Fields in Illinois. That won it. And uh, tennis, Novak Djokovic avenged the Wimbledon loss, beat Carlos Alcaraz in a three-set thriller in the Cincinnati Masters final. Coco Goff, by the way, 19 years old. Feels like she's been around for a long time already. She's still 19 Won her first Masters title yesterday, beating Carolina Muhova. All right, Boyle, let's get stunned. Oh, yeah. Wow, I forgot about that. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. Yeah, I forgot we were doing stunned. All right, let's be quick here. And uh, this was a flash. You're seeing your eye, your life flash before your eyes. If you were this Texas woman who was just mowing her lawn very innocently out in the open backyard of her own safety and privacy. Meanwhile, all of a sudden, boom, a snake lands on her arm out of midair. How does that happen? Snakes aren't flying, right? No, snakes don't fly. The snake wraps itself around her arm and starts striking herself, you know, starts striking her in the face, snapping at her, trying to bite her. Sure. Left a couple bruises and a couple cuts on her face, but mainly was hitting her glasses. But still, how did a snake land on my arm out of nowhere? Planes. Well, uh, close. A no. plane that eats snakes. That would be a hawk who was carrying oh, okay. the snake as its meal, dropped it out of midair onto the woman's arm, who was then biting her face. Hawk didn't like that. I want my meal back. The hawk then lands on this woman's arm as the snake is biting her face. 
digs its talons into her flesh, cuts her arm up all over the place, grabs the snake, pulls it off of the woman, nearly lifts the woman off the ground, and finally carries the snake away to eat it while the woman, meanwhile, was attacked by two animals in one in the span of a minute where she said herself she thought she was going to die. This was in Silsby, Texas, near the Louisiana border. What are the odds to be outside underneath a hawk carrying a snake, have the snake get free only to land on you, stay attached to you? Yeah, like land like perfectly like one of those little snap things. Right, a snap bracelet? Yes. And then the hawk comes down. I assume just being a hawk lands on you, which requires the digging of the talons to get the snake back. I mean, no thank you. I sign me up for a hurricane plus earthquake before this this combination. Only in Texas. Only in Texas, too. She goes, as I was trying to sling my arm and sling the snake off, the snake wrapped around my arm. It was striking in my face. I was slinging and slinging. He was striking and striking, and he just kept hanging on. And then she says, then the hawk appeared just as fast as the snake appeared. And then the hawk appeared. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you were talking about an an attack from hell. Yeah. Just mowing your lawn, and then literally 30 seconds later, you're being attacked by two different major predators at once. That was a gift from Roddy2112 via Twitter DM. I had had it saved for a while. I wanted to do it myself because it's got kind of a DA show Easter egg in there because our sweet, beloved Shawnee, one of his major fears in life is being carried away by a bird. So this story made me think of him. But, again, I don't do updates anymore, so I don't know when my next stunt when he was going to be. <laughs> and Portal needed one today, so I was happy to share it because that story is bonkers. Your epic fail, advanced analytics after this on CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. is just a term that's kind of thrown around a lot. It's time now for the Mothership's Advanced Analytics. We asked you this morning, what's the best summer look? A spray tan, the pale, uncooked chicken look of Kevin Wall, or red like a lobster? And by a hair on that pale arm, Kevin Wall's uncooked chicken look gets the win. 36%. To 33%, red like a lobster, to 31% 
of the spray tan. Now, advanced analytics would tell you that mineral-based sunscreen works best to avoid sunburns. To get the best possible spray tan, you must exfoliate your skin and do not shave. Finally, fashion stylist Madeline Kennedy says the best beach look is definitely a pair of denim shorts paired with a light-colored linen top, baseball cap, and leather slide sandals. I'll take the hat, I'll leave the rest, and give you now today's epic fail. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. Now, Wall and I are here all five days. Bodger's here through Thursday. This is your lone boil visit, though, of the week. So, now I'd normally tell the ladies to make sure they're watching as intently as possible, but that's not possible today without the stream. Ugh. Fool this man! I picked the wrong weekend to get some sun. I don't look like uncooked chicken for once. <laughs> and next thing you know, there's no there's no stream. Yeah, all right. That's a tremendous line, Kev. I, I didn't look like uncooked chicken. <laughs> that was a taste. I bet you can't wait for the entree. Right? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Because yeah. I've never had somebody call me uncooked chicken because I've got similar skin to Kevin. Very Irish. When red, you're Irish blotchy. and Canadian, there's no luck. You're just red. Do any tanning? Tanning bed? No. Nothing? I don't have the time. Okay. I did I did get a spray tan before my senior prom. Me too. Yeah, see, I think that's pretty common. And then it will spray all over the place if you're not careful. I don't think I've ever needed a spray tan. That's Oh, sorry, bot. Oh, sorry, yeah. I don't have your, I your perfect immaculate. I get natural sun color. Oh, no, never mind, I don't want to talk about it. What's skin called? I almost said hemoglobin for a second. <laughs> Pigment? That was hot. That was really hard for me to do. Oh, hard. Yeah, I mean, I just spend a week on the beach, and I don't have that much color because I have to be careful because I would be red like a lobster. Bring in the dancing lobsters. I can't even tell you, and I'm sure Kevin can commiserate. Like, if I had a guess. So the new epic fail is me not leaving enough time for the epic fail. If only Bilotti was here to be angry, that would have been at least enjoyable. I think I freaked Botcher out a little bit. So my apologies to that. Bottom line is... We could all use some sun, but a safe amount of sun. <laughs> Walls tells me it'll be in the podcast. I don't know what that means. If you need the whole epic fail, it'll live there. So enjoy it that way. Uh, huge thanks to Bob Kessling and to Jared Dubin. Tomorrow on the show, sounds of Saturday, Penn State and Oregon. Until then, for the whole crew, I'm Bogish. The mothership disconnects. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 